Welcome to New Kids on the Block, a podcast for newcomers who want to explore blockchains and cryptocurrencies. On this show, we discuss and dissect all things crypto for beginners and intermediate users and help them navigate their way through this fascinating yet overwhelming new space. Let's dive right in. You cannot affect me in my the world is blue, but it's such a shade it makes you think it's new to you. His color never fades. Welcome back, everyone, to a new episode of the New Kids on the Block podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, uh, Mr. Fody Philochorus. I'm joined here, and he's looking at me. So again, just like last week, um, we have the little web uh, console thing open here on our side, and uh, he sees me singing into my stupid microphone, uh, the <laughs> Crypto Yoda himself, Yidu. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I'm starting to um, getting used to being serenaded on these shows, so I feel very flattered. Also, you know, I feel I feel great. Thanks for for that intro. I feel like we found our our rhythm now, which was you know I did quotes in the beginning, I wrote poems, but now I'm just taking some of my favorite songs and throwing your name in there. And I feel <laughs> like we found. I dig it. I dig you it. dig it? Yeah. yeah How you been? Good. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. It's been a quite a busy week at work. Um, I should just get off work not too long ago. Um, but yeah, it's nice to to kind of unwind from that. And this is like my entertainment of the week. So I'm excited to dig in and talk about all the um, the exciting news in the crypto market. Yeah, yeah, I am entertaining. I agree. Um, let's let's not let's not let's not pretend that that's not what you meant. Um, <laughs> Interestingly enough, end of quarter brings work for both you and me, but also brings some market capitulation, it looks like. Mm. So we had kind of like the first green week last week, right, where we saw, um, you know, uh, traditional equity markets at least um, finishing with a positive week for the first time. And I think, mm, I don't know, seven weeks. And <laughs> now this week, it looks like, um, you know, investor sentiment is kind of relatively flat again so right oh man are we ever going to get out of this yeah it's all the gloom and doom you know just just been hanging over our, our head for a long for a while now and um obviously sadly the crypto market is still very much attached to the traditional market and uh, whenever you see a green week uh we probably I'm looking at the chart right now. Yeah, I think Bitcoin had a green week last week too, but um, this week not so much. Um, you know, it just makes you lament uh, how, like, supposedly in the in this highly inflationary uh, macroeconomic background, um, back, uh, Bitcoin is supposed to be treated as a hedge. Like, we're supposed to be pulling away from this, right? But on the other hand, that's not happening. We're still very much dependent on the traditional equities markets. Uh, which is not what, you know, if you're a crypto native person, that's not something you would like to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, funny enough, I was, you know, randomly kind of looking at our uh, podcast analytics as well, <laughs> like <laughs> to see kind of like how the general interest and in listening to the podcast right. has been and uh, stark decline after March and April. I don't know what oh. happened there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, 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 we may have somehow called the top on the market and we caught the top yeah 
I mean, speaking of the market, I guess on mass from a crypto perspective, we're we're now full and truly under a trillion, I guess for the total the total market. So if you mm-hmm. look at the sell off that's been happening in traditional markets, and you compare that to, um, I guess the top for the crypto market was like two point eight trillion. Right now we're just at a little bit north. Of, we're we're just at about nine hundred billion for total market cap. Um, for all, for all um, digital crypto assets, at least mm-hmm. that's being tracked by Coin Market Cap. So, you know, we we've seen about uh, oof, over fifty percent drop, right? Um, in the uh, in the market yeah. itself. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it, if you look at the price of Bitcoin, which is the leading indicator here, um, we we claimed the top in sixty nine thousand back in April and. Um, uh, sorry, the the sixty five thousand back in April last year, and then we we retested it uh, at sixty nine k earlier this year, and and then we, everything just fell off the wheels from there, right? So we went from sixty nine k to today what's that twenty k? It's a pretty big drop drop here, but um, I don't think, like in my opinion, I don't think that's really in a long enough time timeline that doesn't really matter because in yeah. the long run i do believe bitcoin is going to recover um if anything I, I think the bottom should be very close obviously not investment advice i've been personally i've been dca you know dollar cost averaging on these past few few weeks mm-hmm. i think right now it's a pretty good uh, accumulation period doesn't mean that we're not going to go down even more yeah. um but i feel like um 20k is a pretty pretty solid bottom and michael saylor just bought more bitcoin today i saw that uh, so you know what life, a beast life beast michael saylor buying, buying bitcoin right that's my that's my uh, crypto crypto daddy michael saylor <laughs> out there um buying another what was it 10 million worth something like that and he, he always bought high like for some reason like whenever you see a crash and he always comes out like a week later and then buying on the higher end of bitcoin so respect to him for for keep doing that. No, no, no uh, poops given by Michael Saylor. Um, talking about uh, a little bit about kind of some leading indicators. Um, one of the interesting things I think that we saw during not only the the peak of kind of the crypto market was also what we saw with the associated assets of publicly traded companies associated mm-hmm. to that. So if you looked at um, you know, like Robin Hood, right? During during the peak of silly season of, of the bull, right? That was also through the roof. And similarly, so was Coinbase, right? Mm-hmm. As kind of the largest, um, let's just say the largest exchange, right? May, they yep. may not necessarily be the largest exchange globally, but here in the US, they're the largest exchange traded publicly. Sure. And have you heard the news on Coinbase? Yeah, uh, are they like are they getting downgraded um, by some yeah. traders? Yes, yeah. So gold, After, Goldman Sachs, yeah. Goldman Sachs, the gold standard of you know uh, Wall Street banking, basically came out and said that, um, and I quote, and this is a uh, from Goldman Sachs analyst Will Nance. We believe crypto uh, current crypto asset levels and trading values imply further degradation in coins revenue base. Um, so they slashed their price target. They moved them from a hold to a sell. Um, 
from uh, $70 to where they are, I think, um, or, or just about to around 45 um, So that's a that's a well, substantial cut, right, and, and how they I evaluate mean, them. Yeah, I mean, they could have come out earlier and, and told us when Coinbase were trading at 200 or even $300. Um, but now it's at $57. So, I mean, in my opinion, it's a little bit too late to the game. But, yeah, I guess it just tells you how, you know, pessimistic um, people are in this market, uh, mm-hmm. you know, especially towards crypto. Um, I don't know. I feel like when everybody zigs, uh, I like to zag. Uh, I feel like I actually feel pretty bullish. You know, I feel like all the bottom sellers are out and people who needs to be liquidated are either already liquidated or on the verge of being liquidated mm-hmm. and um yeah i don't know I, I i just honestly just don't care like how many people tell you that we're wrong you're dumb you're putting your money you waste your money for me this is like the starting the, the starting of another accumulation period the ultimate bo- uh, bull the crypto yoda has spoken um well uh what uh goldman says is basically they anticipate the revenues to fall 61 percent for coinbase in 2022 Mm -hmm. so i think what what coinbase is trying to do to combat this is um and you guys have probably heard this in the media there's been various reporting on this but they've like been pulling a lot of acceptance letters from like devs out there right and it was like a pretty bad look for coinbase because um you know, people were like posting it on Twitter, like, here's my offer letter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they told us that they wouldn't revoke it. Uh, and then they came back, they, they came out and sent, oh, sorry, we are actually revoking your offer. Mm-hmm. And like you had like, you know, other big companies saying, hey, we're happy to give you a job. You know, we need <laughs> devs. Come on over. Right. So yeah. real egg on the face uh, from a PR perspective for Coinbase as well. Yeah, not only are they rescinding their offers, I think they're also like fire, firing people. Yeah. Um, I think there was a few weeks ago, maybe months ago, there was an email from Brian Armstrong, who's the CEO of Coinbase. Uh, I think he wrote like a whole blog post about why they're cutting. And um, I think it was like 30% of their workforce or something. It was pretty drastic, um, even in this mark- current market condition. So... Yeah, I mean, that's another, to your point, another indicator of how bare we are, how bearish we are in this market. And uh, if Coinbase is not doing well as a public traded company, you can only imagine um, how these other smaller exchanges are doing. Um, I, I read something on Twitter today. It was just a headline, um, but basically I think SBF was saying, you know, <laughs> making some insinuations that some exchanges might already be insolvent. Um, even if they're still operating on the surface. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. Um, I think there are a lot of like rumblings about certain exchange, exchanges going bankrupt. So if the exchanges are going bankrupt, you know, I think that's not a good sign because theoretically they are um, the players who can sustain through a bear market because they make make profit whether you buy or sell yep. right yep so if they are even going down uh, that's not a gr- great indicator uh, for the health the healthiness of the market no i think i think what it what it's probably a better indicator of is just retail sentiment right because that's that's right. where they that's where they suck up a lot of fees from and that's where you get a lot of the volume um not necessarily from a um 
from a total cost of investment, but just from a general volume and trans from a transactional volume perspective, retail investment, right, is where, is where they make a majority of their money. So True. they cut 18% of their staff. Goldman says it's not enough. We need more. We need more blood. <laughs> yeah, more so, blood on the street. More blood on the street. Yep. So um, we'll see where that goes. I mean, funny enough, fresh off the uh, off the presses, but uh, mm. what uh, a report just came out about an hour ago mm. that Coinbase is going to be selling geolocation information to ICE. Um, which is, um, yeah, if you're not familiar with what ice is, it's kind of the, um, it's kind of like the, uh, immigration police here in the United States. So that's so bad. That's such a bad look on Coinbase. (laughs) Like, like we're reacting this, this in real time. I feel like it's, if you're talking about being like a crypto exchange companies, you're supposed to protect the users right like mm-hmm. i know the the basic kyc is 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 okay i guess that's already kind of you know borderline acceptable but if you're like actively working with ice by selling this kind of data to compromise the user's privacy that's just basically selling their souls you know to the government so the report that came out was is really interesting um and this is this uh this came out via um a kind of like a watchdog, uh, crypto uh, watchdog group called Tech Inquiry. Mm-hmm. Um, and they basically, so, so Coinbase has an analytics program that's called Coinbase Tracer. And, you know, they're going to provide the U.S. Immigrations and Custom Enforcement Agency, which is, is essentially the immigration police here in the U.S. data about crypto users, including historical geo-tracking data and transaction history. Um but this is not actually the first contract that Coinbase has done. So now all of the mm. stuff is kind of coming out that um, this is one of several small contracts between Coinbase and U.S. government agencies. In 2021, they did one, a smaller contract with ICE. Uh, this most, most recent contract is only $1.3 million. I don't know, it's not, it's not a, if you know anything about enterprise software, it's not a tremendous amount of money, right, no. for, for a government deal. Um, uh, in April 2021 and May 2020, Coinbase sold licenses as well um, to the U.S. Secret Service. Um, so Coinbase came out, <laughs> uh, uh, a spokesperson, uh, they, they caught wind of this, tried to get ahead of it and said, all Coinbase tracer features use data that is fully sourced from online publicly available data and do not include any personal identifiable information for anyone or any proprietary Coinbase user data reactions to that i think that's bullshit i think i think that's bullshit yeah (laughs) like if 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 the data is indeed publicly available open source why would you need to sell it why why does the government can't collect it themselves right the only reason they want to they want to um um you know procure from coinbase is because you're adding some additional value the value being the kyc information about the user's customers and they, I know in recent years, they're starting to tighten the KYC process. Um, when I signed up, signed up for Coinbase in 2017, they didn't require for, for basic KYC, right? But now they're sending us emails asking us to provide additional information. Um, otherwise, your account will be frozen. So to me, they're just tightening uh, the news uh, on its users, uh, regardless of, you know, 
what backgrounds or, or what you know where, what they're doing with their money and i get it they are a public traded company they need to to stay on the on the good side of the feds but at the same time to me that's just a little bit disingenuous um when you claim to be you know decent all about decentralization you know enable users like what if mm-hmm. people need to stay in on in order to 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 pr- produce some projects i feel like privacy of the patient uh, of the users are being jeopardized here yeah it, it uh, coinbase reached out like uh have you ever seen the uh, the online skit uh, arnold's pizza shop oh where, yeah where where he's like he's like <laughs> he's like tell me what is your favorite pizza topping if you're susceptible to any diseases <laughs> they're asking you for everything now um which is yeah. hilarious the other thing that's hilarious about this is that coinbase can come out and say whatever the hell they want and no one could ever really find out unless there's like an internal whistleblower because yeah. it's a privately like it's a publicly traded company, but it's private proprietary contracts. They don't have to disclose anything mm-hmm. that they're actually doing. So they could say one thing and do another thing. Wow. Has a company ever done that before? I don't know. But um, really, really, really sketchy news coming out with uh, coming out yeah. from Coinbase. So um you know, the, the bear market not only is hitting some of our favorite crypto assets, um, mm. but it's also affecting uh, some of the big exchanges as well. Right. So, yeah, yeah, it's just they're just showing their true colors, you know, when it comes to protecting or I guess protecting themselves versus protecting the users, they, they choose to protect themselves to be on the good side of the feds. Yeah. Funny enough, um, in that same report, uh, Goldman did come out and upgrade uh, Robinhood. Mm. Um, that came um, about two months after they downgraded um, Robinhood shares to, to a sell. Um, they, um, they've they upgraded them to a hold at this point. Um, can't help but feel like that isn't um, solely due to the fact that Robinhood also has, uh, you know, the potential for mixed assets, meaning that they, you know, they have equity you know mm-hmm. front front traded <laughs> front traded equity products sure, sure. <laughs> that they provide um but um maybe another win out there for sbf um unrelated right a, a guy True. that wants to provide mixed assets as well on ftx um um and um i was been watching baseball it's baseball season here in the u.s uh, mm-hmm. uh and uh, ftx is uh the sponsor for all of the umpires interesting uh, so you look yeah. at the umpires you see ftx right there in the jersey so yeah they're, they're trying to start like a sports empire basically right the the, the naming rights in um i think was was in miami heat or yep. one of the the stadium in florida and um they're also in baseball i don't know what any, they're doing anything in football yet um but yeah sounds like they're trying to oh actually they are he is he's working with tom brady um personally on some ventures that i forgot exactly what it is but um yeah he's all over the place right i feel like if if i feel like if anybody there's anyone who can survive the bear markets is probably sbf he's, he's yeah he has his ways good old sbf um let's switch gears now and talk about more depressing stuff and sure. what's going on at 3ac capital so three arrows capital um officially in liquidation now was there some kind of I saw some report that came out that basically said something to the effect that some U.S. British Virgin Island judge Mm. has 
ordered them to uh, liquidate to cover their their um, you know their their I guess their outstanding debt or whatever they have mm-hmm. um, or their their positions. But um, what are you hearing in the much more well connected? Uh, Twitterverse about what's going on with 3AC. I think that might be the worst kept secret in the entire crypto space. <laughs> yeah, that is, you know, 3AC get, getting liquidated. We mentioned it last week a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this, this, well, since this made the news on BBC, um, people can finally, you know, say with confidence that this is actually happening. Um, yeah, I mean, have you have you seen any of the like one of my favorite thing about the crypto bear market is these, you know, content creators, you know, a lot of like shit posting, a lot of people like making fun of things. And one of my, my favorite joke, um, uh, I saw this entire week, uh, is that somebody said, um, so we've had three ACs on for so many years and no wonder sales is going to zero. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, The memes come for everyone. Um, oh, man. We've yeah. had three ACs on uh, talking about air conditioners and Celsius has gone to zero. Is Celsius, yeah. did, did Celsius liquidate though? Are they so done? They, they are, they're on the verge. I think they, they just find, um, they've recruited some corporate lawyers who, who, oh, who specialized in uh, bankruptcy. That's so it. That, yeah. Yep. That they're next. They're next. So what, what we're seeing here is this contagion effect all starting from Luna, right? Yep. So, so when, when Luna blew off, um, FreeAC was the, the, the first one that was exposed to Luna. I think they have a huge sharing. Uh, I, think I saw some stats, some crazy, crazy stats. Uh, apparently they bought, I think it was about like 500 million worth of Luna tokens. Hmm. And then those 500, 500 million was worth like $600 in the end, which is absolutely insane. So, so, the contingent, right? The contingent happened when 3AC got impacted by Luna. And then there's like, you know, Galaxy Digital uh, by Mike Novogratz and all of those guys, they also got impacted. And now we're seeing like the secondary impact from the 3AC capital potential liquidation, right? I think Voyager, Voyager, whatever the name is. is Voyager Digital. uh, Voyager Digital, yes. So they were impacted by 3AC because they, they landed uh, without any collateral, they they gave an uncollateralized loan um, to Free AC Capital uh, with a crazy amount of money, and they did not three hundred and fifty million. Exactly, and, and they yep. basically say, "Hey, here's the money. Go do your thing. Go invest. You know, go degen trading into some into a building, something like that." And they're not alone. There's like a few other counterparties who decided to lend money to Free AC Capital. Um, I think BlockFi was the other one, although the BlockFi loan is collateralized, thankfully, uh, which is why they might not be as impacted as uh, Voyager. So all of these is we're seeing the impact of that contagion effect. And um, I don't know whether it's over yet. Uh, it's possible that, you know, with even with all of these bailout efforts, um, we might not still we might still get even more explosion of things. Yeah, we're seeing um, also CoinFlex. Have you heard of them? Yeah, uh, CoinFlex. Is that the one that Roger Bear, um, I think he 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 claimed that he borrowed some money from them and then uh, basically he got liquidated or margin called and that now they're kind of asking him for the money back. Yeah, yeah. So they, they also paused uh, withdrawals for customers recently, right. citing extreme market conditions. 
yeah. due to a fact that a quote unquote customer failed to repay a $47 million debt. Yeah, that's Roger Ver. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Creating liquidity all down the line. The contagion is, is legitimate. Um, mm -hmm. So um, hopefully you still have your pants on you when you're listening to this podcast. You haven't lost your pants or if you're just a person that doesn't like pants, that's fine. That's fine too. Uh, just ruin, ruin my whole joke. Um, so the, you know, we're, we're seeing this kind of like cascading effect in the market, which is interesting. Um, the other thing that's interesting is I have been told for the past three months that there's supposed to be this like melt up. Hmm. Can you, um, uh, first help you know, the listeners understand what a melt up is or what it's supposed to be. Are you familiar with that term? Yeah. My understanding is that it's kind of like a dead cat bounce. Uh, it's another way to put it. Uh, basically you, when you, when things are, before things are going to zero, there's this, this like final, it's like a roller coaster, right? It's like a ever going down roller coaster. So you, you keep every round you do, there's like another like round next but eventually it's going to go to zero. I think crypto light has, has a chart that shows illustrates exactly what that is. Um, but basically I think my understanding is it's kind of like a explosive rally just before um, things go to zero. So um, that basically we've seen that in the past uh, in 2018, there was like a, before things went to three K um, I think there was like one final round when Bitcoin, you know, it drops from like 19K to, I think it was like 5K. Uh, and then it went shot up to like 6K and then, you know, drop back to 3K. So that 5K to 6K range was probably the melt up at that point. So I guess if you're like a TA analyst and you're looking at all this stuff, you're like, okay, well, look at these, you know, the cycles of the market. There's always been a melt up, right? as as like everyone's being unwinded from these various different positions and all this stuff makes sense and we're going to see some melt up but mm -hmm. why haven't we seen why has it just been a drastic drastic <laughs> drop this time like well i mean right. obviously you, no one knows for sure but right. like what's your best guess i guess about best guess right. i guess what geez. if what if what if the the the, the 21k to 22k was the melt up Oh, we just didn't know it. <laughs> I mean, that's where we are now. Yeah, it's, so not, quite, it. it's not quite a melt up. It's kind of kind of like a melt over. Melt over. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, like nobody knows for sure, like what's gonna happen. Like I know, like I told I told you at the beginning, right? That I'm I'm DCAing, but you know, this thing could go to 18k tomorrow. Um, this could go to 16k. Who knows, right? Um. I think at the end of the day, like all of this, in my opinion, is just, um, it's a flash in the pan. You know, it wouldn't matter like five years from now, whether you're buying at 18 K versus 21 K or even like 30 K, you know, if we do get a melt up, we shot up to 30 K, um, you know, so what, right. You can sell off or you can just keep holding it. And five years from now, like when we go back to ATH or double it, all of that wouldn't matter. All time high. Uh, do you want to know what I think? Yeah, tell me. All right. So I think that no one has any idea what pandemic economics look like. I've been saying it for weeks. I've been saying it for mm -hmm. months. Um, there's no way to properly evaluate any type of algorithmic model, economic model in the same context 
um, when you see such crazy things happening that are affecting um, the macroeconomics of the world economy, right? So Mm -hmm. like the inflationary related concerns that we're having here in the United States are not unique to the United States. They're happening all over the world. They're happening in Europe. They're happening in the UK. They're happening in Asia. Um, The drawdown on what we're seeing um, from like commodity prices and how they're rising at such an exponential rate are largely being affected on an unprecedented war in the developed in developed nations, right? Mm-hmm. A war in Europe, right? When's the last time that that's happened, right? Not since legitimately not, you know, uh, for, for decades, right? right. So um, did anyone see what would happen with Luna? And that that buffoon Doquan, right, and and his and his whole you know project burning burning to the ground. Did anyone mm. see what would happen with three AC? Did anyone look behind the curtain to see how over leveraged and over hedged these these supposed giants were in the space? Right, mm-hmm. um, it, it's it's impossible to predict this kind of stuff, and I think. Uh, People that do this for a living, that go out there to make predictions and, you know, they're content creators and, you know, it's easy for us as content creators to just opine on how dumb other people are because that's like great, right? Like we're like the reaction right. video guys sure, on like sure. TikTok, yeah. Yeah. like watch another video, but like that guy's so dumb, right? Give me a lot of views. Um, but it's just, you know, like technical analysis doesn't trump macroeconomic conditions. Um, it never has, it never will. Your model will never look the, quite the same right. um, when you look at it in the context of, of what's been going on globally. So I'm going to step off the podium now, but that that's my... <laughs> no, that's that's really, really well put. I feel like that's that's a lot of the, the sentiment that's being shared in the Twitter Twitterverse right now is that Sure, you know, you can say Bitcoin always recovers, but what if, right? What if this time is different? What if this time the recession hits and the war and, and all of these these macro factors, they just started to like form this perfect storm, which is going to basically take us to gobbling town and never come back. What if, right? Like, I think realistically, you should think about that as a, as a possibility. Uh, we should always apply probabilistic thinking. Uh, as a like a rational thinker, um, sure that is a possibility. You know, what if what if that happens? Which is why you always hedge your bets. Uh, you don't put you know everything into crypto right now, especially right now. And you should. I know like the other market is also kind of bad, but um, hey, the bond market is really good. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> go get your two percent back, folks. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, <clears throat> I guess switching gears a little bit here, I guess last little piece of news, because it's it's been quite a bit, you know, we're, we're quite famous about talking about hacks, hmm. um, though some things oh, yeah. seem to be some of our more popular episodes when we talk yeah. about hacks. Mm-hmm. Um, Harmony One um, had a, uh, a recent hack. Um, Harmony Hackers exposed a, a, a bridge called the Horizon Bridge for about 100 million. So... You know, just a measly hundred million, nothing compared to some of the other ones that we reported on. But um, interesting thing about it is that they're using um, tornado cash to launder the money. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on 
these ultra privacy coins now that are supposed to be giving people back their freedom, uh, also carrying out <laughs> illicit yeah. laundering of hacked money. Yeah, I mean, well, well, two things, right? So uh, obviously the 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 hike, the the DeFi hacks um, thing, which is kind of old story by this point. Yeah. I feel like you know what is it? Uh, one DeFi hack a day keeps the doctor away. Uh, I hadn't heard that at my local pediatrician, I guess, growing up. uh... (laughs) I just made that up. Oh, doctor. This is not a medical advice, by the way. Dr. Yoda. Okay, continue. So, um, yeah, I feel like that's that's something that will continue to happen in the space, unfortunately. And, you know, I feel like the 100 million hack doesn't even make the news today, Uh, you know, but it just tells you how fragile things are right now. Um, And to your point about the tornado cash using tornado cash to um to kind of mix mix the coins and then kind of take it away i don't i don't have a huge problem with that i mean i feel feel like those kind of privacy coins they're they're meant for a purpose like their purpose being giving people the privacy they deserve whether it's it should be neutral right that's my point like if the protocol is is strong enough they should be resistant against those type of hacks Mm-hmm. Like you can't blame Tornado Cash for allowing these kind of, you know, accessibility of the money um, in a secret way, uh, because those 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 protocols they're like like you know secret or Tornado Cash or even Monero they're meant to be neutral. They're not designed for criminals, right? They're being taken advantage by the criminals, yes, but that doesn't mean that they 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 are the perpetrators or the complex for the for the criminals same way that um you know the u.s dollars is being used to launder money right internationally you can't say oh just because the u.s dollars is being used to launder money we should ban the u.s dollars that's ridiculous and i feel like that that argument should go the, the, the same way like vice versa you know just because we have one or two hacks um I feel I think the real question we should be asking is why this protocol failed to protect against these hacks. That's that's a better question to ask than oh why is Tornado Cash facilitating these type of hacks? I have a question for you. Sure. What's up? Did you know? Do you know actually who created Dynamite? <laughs> no, I don't. Have you ever heard of this guy named Alfred Nobel? Ah, you know the Nobel Peace Prize guy? That's him. Yeah, he created no dynamite. That's hilarious. I didn't. Know yeah, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, why do I say that? The point of it is, <laughs> the point of it is, I'm mind blown right now. Okay, way. so do you know where I'm going with this? Yeah, of course. Okay, so course. the point of it is, is that you can create technologies and innovations and things like that with no intent at all for it to be carried out in any type Mm -hmm. of nefarious or illicit way. But that's not, that doesn't mean that that's not what people primarily are going to be using it for. Right. right? So, um, the, you know, the, these mixing services, which I guess are, as you mentioned, are mechanisms for people to put money into a pool to kind of, um, obfuscate where various tokens are coming from and addresses. Right. And, you put mm-hmm. in some, you take out others, right? And it's right. impossible to tell whether or not when you put that money in, that the hacked money, um, where that blockchain is, because you may be exchanging it for something else completely, 
right? So you, you yep. come in one way and you exit out the other way with, with, with something else. So, um, you know, I'm sure the person who first created the handgun had very, very good, uh, <laughs> altruistic, uh, types of, uh, rationale as to what he was doing. Right. But you know, yeah. you never expected someone would, you know, be walking into school and, and, sl- you know, blowing, no. blowing little children away. Right. It's just, you know, it's, yeah. it's a crude example, but it's, you know, I'm, I'm very jaded. Is that coming <laughs> off? Is that <laughs> jaded of the the hacks? You mean jaded with the hacks? Uh, yeah, okay. jaded, yeah. jaded, jaded with 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 the hacks and with DeFi, yeah. with Vitalik oh, yeah. being right about the bridges and all that stuff. It's you know, it's just when are we gonna learn, right? I feel like yeah, maybe never. You know, I feel like the more I feel like people are, are maybe right now the ever people are gonna be. Um, paying more attention to to these type of hacks because you know we're in a bear market and people are already you know shedding their wealth left and right and you know i feel like unless we we really um started to to rethink how we create these bridges how do we uh, move money from from you know one blockchain to another um these type of hacks will continue to happen unfortunately yeah, so after the hack, Harmony basically came out and said, hey, we got a $1 million bounty. It's the wild, wild west. So we'll put a bounty on the hackers' heads. So if you can get, uh, if you can get uh, some of our $100 million back, we'll give you yeah. a $1 million so, bounty. Some, if, if history is any indication, um, a lot of times what happens is that the hacker will end up returning the money and picks up the bounty themselves um, for whatever reason. I think that happened dur- during the... Um, was it the, the jump hack, um, jump bridge yep. hack, and hack, and also the, the poly network hack uh, last year? Like in both cases, they basically I think I, I read something about like how they were exchanging the message with the hacker on chain. They basically left a message in the comment section of the of the signed message and say, "Hey, if you return this money, uh, I will give you this reward," which is hilarious, right? It's like literally imagine negotiating with the terrorist on a on a cell phone. <laughs> something so yeah that's how i have to negotiate with my wife sometimes uh, <laughs> i gotta go record a podcast with you to uh is that a, what i gotta do uh what are, yeah uh can i get my time back okay um so <laughs> so uh steven steven say who's the founder basically came out and said they migrated to a four or five uh multi-sig um mm-hmm. authorization uh, mechanism since the incident occurred yep. and all the stolen assets were swapped to ETH and currently reside on the hackers accounts on the ETH network. The hackers not taking any steps to anonymize ownership of these assets. So hmm. let's see if they actually do give them back the money, right? You know, you exchange a hundred million of dirty money for 1 million of clean money. Clean money. Yeah. yeah. It might be worth yeah. it. Might be Could worth be. their time. Yeah. All right, that was depressing. Uh, again, yeah, we need something more cheerful. Fody. We need something cheerful. So, I, listen, listen here. I may have something for you. Oh, really? Are you enticed? Let's do it. I got what a is- new game. Oh man, I can't wait to play this game. Oh, it's gonna be fun. Okay, so for for everyone uh, listening in the podcast right now, we have a new game this week that we are going to be announcing, and it, the 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 name of the game is Who Done Said It. And that's the who okay. done said it. So basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to read out. I have five of them for you. Okay. Mm. So I have five quotes 
and I have multiple choice for you. Okay. On who done said it. All and right. you gotta basically tell me who done said it. And okay. I'm done saying who done said it, I promise. <laughs> After this one last time, who done said it. All right. Are you ready to get started? All right, let's do it. All right, let's rip into this bad boy. Okay. First quote. If you don't believe it or don't get it, I don't have the time to try to convince you. Sorry. Okay? Okay. First option is Vitalik Buterin, mm-hmm. one of the co-founders of Ethereum. Second option is Satoshi Nakamoto, one okay. of the, uh, you know, or the, the creator, anonymous creator of, of Bitcoin. Third option is Charles Hoskinson. Oh, the man. founder of Cardano. And, uh, you know, once, once, uh, uh, I guess involved in the Ethereum project, mm-hmm. a rogue bandit from Ethereum. Yeah. Yeah. Work this uh, out, work this out, work. This, it'll be more interesting for listeners if you work. Sure, this out. sure, sure. Let me, let me walk you through my, my thinking process. Yes. Uh, right after you said that, um, the first person that jumps into my mind is Do Kwan. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that sounds like something Do Kwan would say on Twitter to one of his, you know, detractors. And okay, then I think, okay, so Vitalik, no way he would have, he would have said that. He has too okay. much humility for that. Okay. Um, the second, sorry, who was the second person? Satoshi. Satoshi. I, there's no way Satoshi would have, would have said that, um, regard, even if I'd never seen them or mm-hmm. know them before. There's no way. So that leaves us Charles. And based on my understanding or my observation of his, you know, online behavior, he's obviously not as, um, you know, egoist, egoistic person as Do Kwan is, but he also has, you know, has some issues, some personality a issues. Bristly. A yeah, bristly a little bristly. Yeah. He, he, he get very defensive when people start asking him where the Cardano blockchain is or the yeah. whatever any real products of yeah. cardano exists you get very defensive about that so yeah i can just totally see charles coming out and um you know basically going at the crit the critics of of him of him or the cardano blockchain okay so final answer charles yes it's charles okay the actual person who said this was satoshi nakamoto <gasps> No way. <laughs> so Satoshi came out and actually said this on one of the original message boards um, for, for Bitcoin uh, when people were confused about the overall usage of Bitcoin. Oh and he God. says, if you don't believe it or don't get it, I don't have the time to try to convince you. Sorry. That's from Satoshi. Oh, I'm so off. All right. I'll take the L on that one. First L. Maybe, yeah. Maybe Satoshi is not, is not as a saint as I thought they would be. Yeah. Okay. Ready for the next one? Let's do it. I'll, okay. I'll have to come back from this one. So far, you're doing pretty well. Okay. Um, a pretty good trader is someone who gets half of the things right and changes their mind a lot. Okay. Mm. Okay. First option, Sam Bankman-Fried. Second okay. option, Chang Peng Zhao, a.k.a. CZ, okay. founder of Binance. Third option is Suzu, the mm. much maligned 3AC. This is a tough one. I feel mm. like now my confidence level is kind of low. <laughs> um, so CZ is not a trader, 
by trades. So mm -hmm. I don't think he would say something like that. Okay. Um, SBF is. He is a trader. And he's a very good trader. So tough one between him and Sue. Um, I put a lot I mean, of effort into these. Yeah, you really make it <laughs> tough for me. I see. I see what you did there. You know what? I'm going to go with Sue on this one. Sue. Yes. Final answer. Final answer is Sue. Yes. Sam Bankman-Fried said this. <laughs> so right. tough one. Yeah. That's a tough one. But I, I think, I think if you were like in an interview, um, you know, the way that you worked out, you know, the, the answer to that question, um, very logically made a lot of sense. So, okay. Ready for the next one. Let's do it. Oh, for two so far, man. Come on. Yeah. I only need three, three in a row to make this a wing. The answer is always C, right? That's what I was told growing up. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Okay. Next one. When I was in grade five or six, I just remember quite a lot of people were always talking about me like I was some kind of math genius. And there were so many moments when I realized like, okay, why can't I just be like some normal person and go have a 75% average like everyone else? Okay. Options. Vitalik. Vitalik Buterin. Okay. Donald Trump. And Richard Hart, the founder of Hex. Mm. Oh, man. That's another tough one. <laughs> For all the listeners, I'm staring at, at you two over here. He's, 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 he's in such struggling. deep thought. <laughs> yeah, I'm struggling here. If you can tell. Um, okay, uh, let's do em elimination. Definitely not mm -hmm. metallic. Okay. Um, doesn't sound like something Trump would say. Mm -hmm. It's too many words for him. I don't think he would have said <laughs> that. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. I think we just we just lost all of our Trump listener uh, fans. Yeah. <laughs> too much. many words. Um, he's got the best words, though. He's got the best words. Yeah, best not a words. lot of words. Only the best. Not words. a lot. Um, yeah, I'm going to just risk it and say Richard, Richard, Richard Hart, Richard Hart. Yeah. This was said by Vitalik Buterin. All right. As a math <laughs> genius. <laughs> I'm All so right. bad at this, this game. This game has so been fun for game. me. I don't know if it's been fun <laughs> for you, but it's so no, fun no. for me. Well, if anything, this tells our listeners that we didn't plan this, right? We didn't we plan didn't this. Like, yeah. This like yeah. totally. And to be totally fair, like, you know, when you read a quote and you're hearing it from the voice of, of Fody, it's probably not as easy, right? Than if you were just to like kind of read it in oh, your yeah. own. You know, you know what we should do next time for the next iteration? You should be reading those those questions, those um statements in the accent of the options. Oh yeah, yeah. That'll that won't that'll that'll that, that won't be <laughs> too 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 easy at all. No. That won't be we can, easy. We can think about it. But it'll be a lot of fun, right? Imagine. Well, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun and we'll get canceled real quick because my, sure, my Russian sure. accent will be terrible. <laughs> um, we just lost all our listeners from Russia, shucks. Of course, um, yeah. Okay, next one. We're all on right. four out of five. All right. Okay? Let's do it. So this one is, if you're stupid enough to buy it, you'll pay the price for it one day. And this is in, in reference to Bitcoin. Okay. 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 First option is Peter Schiff. 
Okay. Second option is Warren Buffett. Third option is Jamie Dimon. Oh, man. I thought you were going to make it easier by adding the Bitcoin reference, but <laughs> all of them are anti-Bitcoin. So, not Peter Schiff. Okay. Why? Because I didn't. Because the gold wasn't anywhere in that statement. Yeah, I feel yeah. like he would have been more specific with his okay. reasoning. Um, I'm gonna go with Jamie Dimon. Final answer. Um, no, actually, I'm gonna switch to Warren Buffett. Final answer. Final answer. Yeah. It was Jamie Dimon. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Uh, <laughs> I was just trying to be consistent with the yeah, answer I, thing. I yo, so I was. You oh, were man. trying to read my face. I was trying to read your face, and I, I you know, <laughs> I shot myself in the foot. You know, I'm good at poker. See, All right. Well, if you didn't feel again. bad yet, wait for this last one. This okay. will make you feel real bad. Okay. Let's hope I can get a consolation prize out of this one. Yeah, you definitely will. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Okay, here we go. Last one for mm. the who done said it section right. of the podcast. If you don't like your job, you don't strike. You just go in there every day and do it really half-assed. That's the American way. Okay. Options. Doquan. Right. Okay. BitBoy Crypto. Or okay. Elon Musk. Wait, say that statement one more time. I'm yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Statement is: If you don't like your job, you don't strike. You just okay. go in there every day and do it really half that half assed. Oh, that's so, the American way. So this person is anti-strike, huh? That sounds like something Elon Musk would have said. All right, I'm gonna go with Elon Musk. Final answer. Final answer. Yes, Elon. Anti-strike. No, the answer to this one is Homer Simpson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, this game no, is set up. Option, you're gonna get a win for that one because it was a trick question, so you get an automatic okay. win. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm not built for this game. Did I get you with the homer at the end? Yeah. Yes. You know, you gotta yes. keep it you gotta keep it gotta keep it interesting, you know? Right. I was worried I, when I, I was I, writing these that you would be bored because you got three out of right. four of them. Right. You know? Little did we know <laughs> we went went oh and four. Now I need a consolation. Yes. Here comes well, the trick it, question. It ended up working out regardless. Uh, I nice, got enjoyment nice. out of it, and you got a win. You got a final Good. W there at the end. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was the end of the Who Done Said It quote game. I think that's definitely one that we could uh, we could bring back, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe next maybe time I'll be I'll be running the the show and then ask you, can you some questions. The show. You, I oh. like to look stupid. That's one of my talents. <laughs> I'm good at that. Um, okay, so. Uh, we've been going for a little bit here. Uh, I think that's probably a logical place to to break it this week. Um, mm-hmm. Before we do something interesting next week, hmm? yeah, yeah, we may have something or someone who is a very interesting character, um, who's you know one of the I would say the the big crypto crypto Twitter influencers. Um, not going to tell you who that is, um, but it's going to be a surprise when they come on the show next week 
So keep your eyes open and ears perked up. Yeah, that's exciting. That's exciting. So uh, be good to to uh, to ask him his thoughts on uh, the. General. Oh, he just no. gave away his gender. Oh man, I think it's a he. I mean, it's some kind of uh, mm. you know meme meme face on Twitter. I think. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, next week should be a great show. Um, you do anything in closing? No, I think I'm um, just you know. Like I always said, don't get too down in this bear market. If you, if you're still trading, props to you. Um, but if you're just investing, um, you know you don't have to pay too much attention. In my opinion, um, just check back in. You know, six months, twelve months from now, it might be a different market. And if you're building, uh, even better. Now is the best time to build. Uh, I'm building myself. I'm trying to to come up with some some the next best idea. That's going to really contribute to the community. If you're doing the same, props to you. Uh, let's build something together. Exciting. Next, um, maybe we're just in the next bull market. Yes, sir. And with that, stay safe out there, Space Cowboys. We'll catch you guys next time. Take it easy. Bye. What is on the street you found someone? I guess now it goes to dumb.